Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM. And hello, I'm your co-host, Robbie. And, and this week... This week, we're talking we're over talking each other. in sync. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I'm gonna... I'm just gonna come out and say it jm the mortal kombat movie the new mortal kombat movie yeah it's fucking great i liked it i loved it i thought it was I really so enjoyed good it. yeah it was so uh, fun the prologue was good yep the first act was shit <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and then the second two acts were great yeah yeah i agree it started yeah. hot and then it cooled down and I was like, oh, oh no. no, is this going to be boring? Oh, yeah. it wasn't boring. No, it um, wasn't boring. What more do you Shout need? out to Kano. Oh, yeah, he was great. Uh, and Jax. I feel like the guy that played Jax was really fucking good. So, yeah, one of my friends told me that apparently he plays a character in Supergirl. He watches uh, the TV show of oh, Supergirl. Supergirl. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently Jax is in that. Um, I can't remember which character he plays, but uh, yeah, he was. He said he was very pleased to see him. So yeah, I thought he was great. Yeah. It made me. Guy, hmm? Well, I just like it made me care about characters, which I think is quite rare in movies like that. Yeah, no, his performances were like it was weird that the there were some really strong actors and some really bad actors oh, in yeah. that movie. It was really yeah. weird. Like, normally you get all one or the other. Or yeah. you, know, you get mostly medium and then some standouts. But, like, it was, like, there were some weird... It's It was it was wild, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sonya was, was terrible. Yeah, she was dreadful. Also, <clears throat> like, who, who, who cast Sonya Blade? And, and I did... You know, great, good job for that actress, you know, landing Sonya Blade. Good job for her. But Noodle Arms, that <laughs> yeah. lady had just... She didn't look like, like a, a fighter. She didn't look like Sonya. And I saw... An army person. Yeah, someone had posted a picture of the actress who had played Sonya Blade in, like, the, the game cap of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And a picture of her now. And she's, like, in her 40s or 50s. I don't know how old she is, but she's... She was fucking cut, and she looks like a fucking beast. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you get her? Maybe she can't act. Well, this lady wasn't fucking knocking anything out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the, the main guy, who was so forgettable, yeah. I can't even remember his name. But Yeah, Beige Toast. He was just, like, he was a, just a conduit. He was just a conduit for us yeah. to meet all the other yeah. characters, and that was great. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, like, he, he clearly was like a stunt guy right because he was doing stunts and he was fighting and stuff like that yeah. so i was like well yeah. if they can do it with this guy and he's like a no name no nothing yeah they could have done a bit better with sonya <laughs> right like i just i'm cool with like someone who can't act if they're gonna do the fights like if they make sense for the fights right yeah. like sure but like she was like like who why like and and again just american blonde woman was like there's a lot, and I feel like a lot of American blonde women might have been a better choice. <laughs> uh, for well, Sonya Blade, because fucking Sonya, man. Yeah, I know, I know. She was the weak link, unfortunately. But it was uh, the, a good film. The weakest link, though, sad to say, was the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very memorable, apart was, from was... when they brought back the when when the at the at the big moment when they finally hit it yeah and it, it felt good i was like oh shit there it is yeah, it wasn't yeah, worth yeah. the wait though no i thought i loved that like that whole that final scene was really cool brilliant but yeah fucking cool um i agree the soundtrack it was more it was more in line with you know your kind of traditional big budget hollywood fare which um yeah you know fair enough um but I don't think it fits, you know, because like they seemed the filmmakers, whoever they were, seemed to and the actors seemed to know that they knew they know their lane. Right. And yeah. they, they knew they could have yeah. a bit of fun with it. Right. It's a video game movie yeah. and it's yeah. big and silly. 
And while they they hit some nice dramatic points, but they were few and far between because really the movie was just all about the action and the fun and the silliness. Yeah. So they seemed self-aware enough, um, you know, to to make the most of that. And I think they did. But then it was quite strange then that tonally, yeah, the music was a little bit off with that. It was very, very weird. Like I've listened, I, I it reminded me of a phase where I listened to some really bad music and 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 enjoyed it but it was just it was weird it was very bad uh what i had watched the 1995 mortal Kombat, which i love and the soundtrack on the 95 mortal Kombat just is fucking killer yeah um but uh one thing this movie does do that the 95 did very badly that this one does correct is 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 fate like flawless victory yeah. Uh, in the old one, Shang Tsung is like, flawless victory. <laughs> After, yeah. like, somebody gets their shit kicked in. It's like, yeah. no, no. But this one, they say flawless victory correctly. Yeah. Uh, and that felt good. It was like, oh, shit, that was a flawless victory. Fuck yeah, good job, you. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of movies, I guess I should I should mention what happened last week. Um, oh, yeah, we sparked off a bit of a... Yeah, I didn't expect such discourse. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been, I've been since before that movie came out. People have been insisting that I'm supposed to like it or that it's like fucking great. Literally, a guy saw an early screening. Guy I used to know saw an early screening, and he kept trying to have this conversation where he's like, "I saw the new Mortal, uh, not Mortal Kombat, the new Mad Max. I think it's oh, it's so good. It's so oh." And I had already seen the trailer, and I'd seen the stupid CGI sandstorm, and I was like, it's not going to be a movie for me. It's going to be a big, dumb shit blockbuster movie. It's not going to be Road Warrior. Yeah. And all I would say was, like, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to like it. And that was it. And, like, I know the difference between me being an asshole and me just trying to, like, not get into a conversation. Sure. And he got so upset. Because <laughs> he like, you're... That's what I don't understand about this particular film i'm like fury road this is the film (laughs) this is the film that we're gonna we're gonna go crazy over like this is the film that we're gonna argue over i don't get it it's so yeah i've had don't like it i think your reasons are valid i've seen it uh i think twice yeah and the first time i saw it i remember i enjoyed it but i didn't enjoy it because it's a mad max movie you yeah, know? like I enjoyed it because yeah. I was like, "Oh, that was fun." Um, yeah, but that was it, and I certainly don't defend it as some sort of <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, some sort of masterpiece, which it clearly isn't. Yeah. Um, well, so. Matt and I continued talking. Matt really wanted to convince me. Like, I was That's like, "Tell me what yeah, you like I about don't... it," and then he kept like arguing against the things that i didn't i'm like you're not gonna win that way but we had a good conversation and he's not here right now but it's i think he wanted me to let everyone know that he agrees with me now that the movie is dumb as shit okay, uh, he's finally. seen the light yeah I'm yeah really so glad about that. huge relief to everybody so um if you need matt to explain to you why it's a bad movie go ahead and reach out to him he's uh he understands it now he's actually more he actually hates it now more than i do just yeah. because of that disillusionment you know he like, actually uh said out loud to everybody that uh he he wishes to be humbled from now on <laughs> yeah yeah so. he does so if you see matt nickerson let him know <laughs> that you hear him admitting that he was wrong about the mad max fury road movie well so what are we what are we talking about this week jm this week robbie uh someone had you know it it was eli actually uh in the in the forecast chat on our discord who said that you know we hadn't had an episode about like the life cycle of an indie game uh and we haven't and i think i think both you and i were like yeah well i mean we talk about games they're all so different and then i was like well why don't we do that yeah Um, uh i i personally uh thought that trying to focus on like a specific case study from mm-hmm. Devolver would be very difficult to achieve in a podcast, mm-hmm. but then you came along with a a, a lovely list. <laughs> Thanks. A lovely list of um, 
of the kind of general timeline of an indie game. So yeah, what shall we what shall we call our indie game? Oh, oh, I don't know. Let's call um, it Fury Road Two. <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> sure but so, that's a long way away we've got a title a long that's way a long away. Way yeah away. well we don't even have the title yet because before you make the game and i'm starting from the ground up the first thing you have to do if you want to be a game developer you want to make an independent game is have a dev skill learn a dev skill at least one um you know whether that's art or coding you know um, that sort of thing um and people do it I've, I've got three different ways you know that indies generally do it they either do mm-hmm. it as just, as a hobbyist yep you know uh dennis and yonatan just hobbyists having fun mm-hmm. uh as a student uh yep. like uh like gabe from ape out uh or you learn it uh, as professionals uh like dodgerel you know you learn it I mean, I, I assume they had some coding experience before they went and worked at wherever they worked at. Was it EA or some shit? Anyway. Yes. Um, but they worked in a big studio, so they got most of their knowledge and information on how to make a game in a studio. Um, yeah. And I think it's a good point to note right at the very beginning that uh, the n- no one method of becoming a game quote unquote game developer whatever you view that as is is uh you know tried and true and like the you know the the sole way to get into the industry a lot of uh the barrier to entry is a lot lower um the access to software um Mm. is a lot easier um one of my friends he is a music video director um but he became a music video director by learning how to use software <laughs> like <laughs> whatever he could get yeah. his hands on you know so um even simple things like the camera on a iphone is really good now and yeah. you can you can get unreal engine for free and mm-hmm. you can get a bunch of, uh, you know, free assets and uh, you can start pulling t- animations together and mm-hmm. uh, and creating stuff. And that that's what he did. He yeah. started with no experience whatsoever, but he thought, I want to try making music videos using graphics. And, uh, and he got Unreal and he's been learning it for about six months and... Yeah, he's he's animating now. He's he's you know making videos. And uh anyway, that was a slight tangent right at the very beginning. But the point <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, you can you can uh you can find all of the tools that you need. It just depends kind of how you want to go about learning and and how far you want to take it, I suppose. Yeah. And how how it works best for you. Like if you're very yes. independently minded, if you learn really well by yourself, if you know that kind of thing, then being a hobbyist, getting the tools and just fucking around and finding out is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you need a little more structure, because uh, that's the easiest way to just jump in, right? Yeah. Like you just start doing it. But then like medium would be student, right? You get some structure, you get some instruction, you've got some room to play around though and kind of be creative for yourself. And then like professional would be the hardest, like the most structured mode the least creativity, but you, pr- I think go like, you know, being in the, pr- in the industry as a low level, some, like, nobody at one of these big companies is probably gets you a lot of the, the buckle down and work attitude that yeah. is essential to actually finishing a game. Because there are so many people like the, the danger, you know, hobbyist is the reason I've never made a goddamn game is that, you know, I get so far and then I, I kind of lose focus and I and I lose self-confidence. And Yeah, I think it's important you know. to um, set yourself some goals and they needn't be big goals. You know, they needn't be things yeah. like I need to make and release a video game on Steam yeah. in 12 yeah. months. Yeah. But you can set yourself small goals like I want to create something playable in the next six months and whatever that is doesn't matter. 
it's yeah. you know i want to be able to make something that someone else can play um you know and i can get feedback on it and and that's it and it can be anything and um your long-term goals can be much much bigger but i think it's always good to have a long-term goal broken down with smaller more achievable goals and then that way you're thinking less about or you're 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 putting less pressure on yourself to achieve that that holy grail that long-term goal all in one go and you can get um a bit more sense of achievement and progression from you know just doing one thing at a time so what do you do after you learn your dev skills well uh and this is optional because some people don't but I say some people don't, but you need community of some kind. Uh, and what I have listed here is assemble a dev team, like get with a group of other people that you like to make games with. That way you can diversify or you can, you know, um, specialize uh, and that sort of thing. And of course, there's overlap on small teams all the time. Everybody does a little bit of everything um, for the most part. Um, but, you know, and some people just go on their own. But even those people have feedback, you know, they have other people that are developers that they talk to uh, mostly. I mean, they, I, I, there are some people who, you know, just emerge out of a vacuum, but that's really few and far between having other people to work with helps you stay on task, mm -hmm. helps you be creative, helps you not have the responsibility of the whole project on yourself. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Sorry. So this might be friends that you enjoy playing around with. This is, you know, more of the hobbyist, uh, you know, friends or co classmates, uh, co-workers, if you know, you, you know, like dodge roll, like they all work together mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, we can work together. And then they went and made their, you know, made dodge roll. Uh, and then strangers like with loop hero, <clears throat> they just fucking, you know, met strangers that they worked well with Yeah, and made that shit happen. Um, yeah. Once you get, get other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think we'll, we'll come on to, uh, come on to this in your next point but when you start signing up for things like game jams for example you mm -hmm. know have a bit of an open mind about the people that you meet and because uh, you never know you might meet the people who you then go on to spend the rest of your life with <laughs> making games but i agree i think that it i think being a solo dev is completely viable um plenty of people are solo developers but i agree that e even if it's just having a circle of uh peers you know or um even people that are just starting out like yourself you know so you have people to kind of just to talk to really mm -hmm. um share ideas uh share questions you know i think that's really important even if you know, even if you're the only person ultimately that works on your game and has direct input into it, mm -hmm. I think it's exactly. I think it's good to start early with the the idea of uh, collaboration and and just yeah, learning to uh, to work with other people and take advice and criticism and and mm -hmm. everything that comes with it really. <laughs> So next is make games. This is the easy part. This is the hard part. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is like the fuck around and find out stage again. Yeah. This is just make fucking games. Just make games. Do yeah. game jams. Make games. Make games. Just fuck around. Just play with it. Play with the tools. Play with your mindset. Play with your perceptions. Yeah. The um the the plural in that statement is crucial. Um yeah. nobody I don't think anybody has ever succeeded with their first game um and they certainly <laughs> shouldn't expect to so yeah uh yeah be prepared uh to accept really that you're gonna make a lot of games before yeah. you find one that really clicks um, I mean, dennis and yonatan made a fuckload of games loads dozens before 
they made hotline yeah um another professional duo well it became a trio but um doink soft they did shit little mobile games for the longest time mm-hmm. for you know someone else yep um acid nerve games acid, acid nerve, nerve jam games uh who else everyone basically mediatonic did a whole bunch of contract work uh i mean uh sabotage did a whole bunch of contract work for other people too and that's yeah. the other thing about making games is maybe the first games that you make and get out into the world aren't yours yeah you know make stupid little games for other people take commissions and contracts and stuff like that just you know make games yeah that's a good point um just touching on the last uh the last section about uh assembling a team you know needn't be your team (laughs) you know you could get involved with someone else's project you know and just just as a volunteer or whatever to say like hey look you know i'm i mean you know i'm I'm keen i'm working on some programming or like i'm doing some art you know how would you like to work together on something and yeah yeah, maybe you're maybe you're contributing to somebody else's game i mean yeah you don't need to be the team lead to be on the team right yeah exactly and it's all good it's all it's all learning at the end of the day and it's all contributing towards the goal of making and releasing a video game which if you're getting into games that's that's the dream surely yeah but yeah making games make lots of games yeah do you think it's worth like um hmm. experimenting with different tools as well i mean probably (laughs) yeah i don't fucking know i mean depends on depends on you depends on your brain like maybe one person diversifies maybe one person laser focuses yeah but there's yeah there's plenty of options out there I guess like yeah. yeah um experiment but also you know research a lot as well what are mm-hmm. the what are the tools that are available to you and uh w- you know work out what feels good yeah mm-hmm. and then you know so we're following maybe the life cycle of a game so then at some point you find a game maybe you maybe you have a, a structure that you want to build around like um Enter the Gungeon. They had a goal of how they wanted that game to be experienced, and then they built the game around what they wanted people to experience. Also, it was built off of a pun. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they had a goal for how they wanted people to feel when they played it. Other people have a mechanic that they want to build the game around that they yeah. find exciting or thrilling. I was going to um, say, I think that perhaps the, uh, yeah, the most the most obvious way to identify you know the um the game that you want to continue to develop further is is generally like you've you've hit on something like a cool mechanic or yeah. your your game does something interesting um that's sticky that's a term mm-hmm. that a lot of people use um in development stickiness gameplay stickiness um which basically means uh you 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 kind of you you you're, you're into it <laughs> you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you keep playing mm-hmm. it and it's like oh this is good it feels good um yeah so that's that's often a good uh early sign yeah. isn't it i think um that yeah. a game might be worth exploring a little bit further and then once you found it you work on it you make an early concept and a prototype and one of these tabs is is further down the list but it it, it starts applying now as feedback Mm-hmm. You know, you build a prototype and you get feedback from from people, from peers, from people you trust on whether or not it's fun, whether or not it's enjoyable or interesting. Um, but, you know, you focus on making it good and, and you don't need to finish the game, but you are building at this stage towards maybe a vertical slice. Yeah, I think uh, this point as well, it's worth noting that uh, if you are um, somebody that's... Uh, wanting to get into the video games industry because you would like to work with a publisher or a partner um we'll come on to talk a little bit about funding but um that prototype stage is a really important thing to have ready uh for when you want to start uh talking to publishers or whoever it may be investors or partners 
Well, you're just going right into the next stage, Robbie. Okay, well, I'll slow down then. I'll slow down. <laughs> no, I mean, we can, we can just go on into it. Okay, well, okay, yeah. So the, the, the prototype uh, can be anything. Um, it can be gray box. It doesn't need to have final art or music or any of that stuff. But uh, you mentioned the vertical slice, mm-hmm. which if people don't know, that is really uh, another way of saying this build is what the game is <laughs> like it, yeah. it's it's not the full game but it's it's a comprehensive enough demo effectively yeah. that says this is what you'll experience in the game this is you know roughly how it will look and feel and sound but it needn't yeah. be final it needn't be final and i think some developers get a little bit caught up one side or the other sometimes they maybe want to show something off that's a bit too early and isn't quite mm-hmm in a in a state where um it really gets the message across about what the game is and then some developers are really really cautious about sharing anything that isn't close to final because they're worried about how it would be perceived speaking you know as a an indie game publisher uh we don't care <laughs> like <laughs> if it's finished or not it's about you know the the overall pitch but the the demo that you provide the build that you provide if it if it articulates the game properly uh then we'll get it we'll understand yeah yeah so that brings us on to funding yeah there's so you know if you've got some people that are just making a game in their spare time or, you know, uh, I mean, I think this is like how Sub Rosa has survived for so long. They they're making the game, but they do other things with their time. So it's had a long, slow development process, and that's totally valid. Um, but a lot of the time, if you want to make a game, you need money to eat and pay rent while you're making the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, you know, lots of different ways to get that. Um, you could be independently wealthy, good for you, fuck off, um, <laughs> or you can pitch it to investors, publishers, or crowdfunding, all three totally valid ways to make games. Yeah, um, and th- there are also even, uh, lower, uh, not, not I was going to say lower barrier to entry again, but. Uh, I was going to say there are even um, there are even ways to go to to generate some income um, by going direct to consumers as well. Places like Itch. Um, oh yeah, you, that's true. You can throw prototypes up there, um, and people can pay what they want for them, um, or you can ask for a small donation. Things like that. If you're pro- particularly prolific and you, you're churning out quite a lot of like ideas and prototypes, that's a nice little way not only to get feedback and get noticed, but uh, you know, generate a little bit of money as well. Um, particularly if you if you get involved in any uh, bundles on itch, mm-hmm. um, and that's also kind of a nice way to build up a little bit of a portfolio as well. If you are ultimately looking to. Um, talk to a publisher at some point but -hmm. there's also yeah but there's also yeah a lot of funding options um indie publishers are are one but there's also things like uh grants grants yep from all kinds art councils or government in some countries will even give you money canada Um, and australia feel like give a shitload of money away to indie devs yeah i think i think scandinavia is good for that as well nice denmark and uh sweden and places i think um, yeah i mean that so yeah look into grants too because that's mm-hmm. that's you know money from your government to support the arts so that's cool yeah uh some countries are better than others but the fact remains that uh every government has a, a duty <laughs> to invest in its uh petroleum fuel, fuel industry <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> right in the creative arts yeah so uh it's worth looking into um it needn't always uh be about finding a a publisher to help you out yeah and you mentioned Mm -hmm. crowdfunding as well which is another great option yeah i mean uh uh what sabotage does that yeah 
uh, Sea of Stars. Lots of people do that. That's yeah, Sea one, of Stars is, yeah. is crowdfunded. Um, I feel like we've 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 published quite a few games that have been you know kickstarted or crowd you know crowdfunded in some way. Yeah. You know, I notice you don't leave these pauses in there. <laughs> my pauses after the first time you're like i didn't like undertale it's like a full like seven second pause yeah i, like, oh, I have to i have to shorten it a bit because <laughs> because otherwise like people listening to it might be like oh what's fucking what's happened turn off <laughs> uh well um, lots of ways to get funding get out there get, get some money yep um oh man i'm sure i was thinking of uh, something else but no it's gone it's totally gone uh what 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 comes after <laughs> after funding Robbie? what comes after what comes after funding jm well uh this is this is i feel like step two in the underpants gnome uh story as far as you know my experience of it goes but production now you have to make the fucking game yes uh, and you have to make the whole thing and it has to all fit together and be good and fun yeah. and interesting yeah or whatever yeah so it goes without saying that uh, by this point, you should have a f- complete idea or a complete picture of what your game is, um, you know, how it flows, how it ends, um, if yeah. it has a story, um, what the mechanics are, how, you know, every, everything to do with your game should be, if not... Well, it should all be in your head, but it should also be written down <laughs> somewhere where yep. uh, people can refer to it and know what's going on. And I guess the key thing about production is, you mentioned it right at the beginning, but uh, a timeline. Yeah. Having a timeline or a roadmap, um, however mm-hmm. you want to think about it, that uh, lays out what you're going to achieve and when um mm-hmm. so you've probably heard the the term milestone uh thrown around a lot in uh, in the old game dev industry world um i don't know if that's a world but um yeah milestones are basically uh setting uh setting a goal for a specific date that says well okay so by this point we want to have uh, all of the art finished. So we have a mm-hmm. full art pass so that uh, when we reach this milestone, we can play through the game and all of the art is done, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be a milestone. And basically, you uh, you figure out the best way, uh, the most, uh, I don't know, effective way to achieve the various things that need to be completed in the game and then you break all those things down into your timeline um and amongst your team members if you have a team uh and then you start you start working on it there's something in production that you know i don't i don't don't know what it's like to actually produce a game it sounds hard um, but there is a demon in there that, uh, I, I, I feel needs to be mentioned. Um, because there's a, there's a certain game that people ask about, and I think this game fell to that demon and it's called scope creep. Mm. And it's where you get excited about how the game could be. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger Yeah, and bigger. And then you you realize that you've changed something so completely that you have to go back and completely change the stuff that you did before. And, you know, that that sort of thing can happen and can be great for a game. But, you know, like, it's like, oh, if we add this, it adds so much to the game. We we have to, you know, go fix this other stuff. But it can get it can be dangerous and it can make a game never finish. Yeah, it can. Um, uh, It's. It's often referred to as uh, feature creep as well. Feature um, creep, is that it? Yeah. Which is where, uh, yeah, as you say, sometimes you can get just carried away. Um, and more and more you, you, more and more you want to tweak things or change things. 
um because obviously the a, a video game a, a full scale video game production can you know be a year two years sometimes uh you mm-hmm. know at, at a certain level and over that time things a lot of things can change in the world and in the industry and different games can be released and you may have completely different feelings about the game that you started out working on mm-hmm. you know, two years ago that you suddenly want to change everything um and it's difficult it's difficult to separate those you know those personal anxieties or uh the 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 creative desire yeah the creative desire to make it happen exactly oh this is so good exactly um but Uh, you need to remember you know what was what was sold everyone on this idea in the first place which is you know this great game that you're making um well and also say you know carry on well i was gonna say well also just you know at some point you have to finish the game you're making now and tuck all this other stuff aside for, you know, a DLC or a sequel or a totally different game. At some point mm. you have to finish the game you're making now so that you can make the next game and you can use all these ideas, you know, hopefully you get to use them, you know, cause they're great ideas or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, it it kind of yeah. goes back to what you were saying about make games, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of never stops. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're a developer, you're a developer, you're going to make game after game after game. You know, yeah. plenty of the developers that we work with, you may see the games that we release with them, uh, but they make more stuff <laughs> than yeah. gets released um, or certainly that we publish. So, uh, yeah, you can yeah. always save an idea for later. So then production is on the way, getting mostly done. So we're feedback is something I mentioned earlier that is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's, you know, friend testing at early stages, uh, you know, or even later stages, people you trust and, and you know, care about their opinions. Um, official Q and, you know, Q&A, or QA, it's just QA, not Q&A, sorry. <laughs> How gauche. Uh, you know, QA, and then something we've missed out, you know, our teams have missed out on the last year and a half is conventions. Yeah. And it's it's really, really wonderful watching a dev watch people play their game for the first time. Painful and wonderful. Um, because they get to see these people experiencing the game. People that just walk up and start playing it. Yep. And you really see what does and doesn't work for yeah. people. Yeah. It's a lost art form <laughs> in the last <laughs> in the last eighteen months, you know, we've really yeah. lost something special. Um because nothing quite beats that i don't think um in the life in the lifespan of a game uh yeah. being able to see the general public playing it for the first time yeah is a is a, is such an amazing thing um and yeah. it can be rocky um mm-hmm. but it's all part of it really and i think yeah. uh the more you get used to doing things like that uh you know and letting letting it go you know and putting it into the hands of other people um the the better the better all round i think yeah um and it's also important uh feedback is also important uh touching on what we were just talking about with regards to production you know you may want to keep iterating and changing and finessing and all of these different things and it's important to uh don't dismiss you know the opinions of uh other people if they're if they're telling you that you know for the sake of the game you know maybe leave this out or mm. you know stop tweaking this or this doesn't need to change um mm. ultimately it's your game at the end of the day and if you know if 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 you feel strongly about the content that goes into it uh and you won't hear otherwise <laughs> then you know ultimately at the end of the day that's your decision but um again going back to what we said before about just surrounding yourself with peers and friends and people that you trust and opinions that you trust uh it's really important to getting over the finish line as well um Mm -hmm. because i mean not least because people will encourage you and and help you 
get over the line. You know, I don't think anyone would ever, uh, you know, none of our producers, I, I think, are kind of, you know, sitting on our developers' shoulders, giving them hell <laughs> because they oh, yeah. because they don't want them to they want them to stop working on their game or anything like that it's <laughs> like no everyone everyone wants to get this over the finish line and you know yeah. and and wants to help the developer release their game you know in the best yeah. way possible um but uh yeah just not closing yourself off um to the people that are trying to help you even if it seems like they're not <laughs> even if it feels like they're just telling you to <laughs> yeah. that you need to stop working on this feature that you've suddenly just decided needs to go into the game uh three months before you launch um you know they might they might be onto something <laughs> if, <laughs> if they tell you that it might be wise to maybe just refocus a little bit yeah again there's you can have dlcs and sequels you can put stuff in later yeah So maybe uh, this next section, JM, is... Uh, we just skip? It's not important, is, right? Uh, it's is probably the most important thing <laughs> in the life of any game. <laughs> and it's promotion. Uh-huh. A subject that's close to my heart, JM. Uh, uh-huh. This involves a great number of things, but I, I think the most... Imp- the one solid piece of advice i can give to anybody who uh is is getting into making games and wants to start making games uh is start thinking about promoting that game early if not at the very beginning um of the project mm-hmm. um as early as possible because not that marketing a game should ever inform the content of that game you should never make a game for you know a specific um market in that sense like oh it needs to be a battle royale with loot boxes because that's what's popular if that's what you want to make fine but um what i mean by thinking about the marketing early is uh nobody knows what your game is and as much as you love it um and as much as you think it really has something you need to figure out how you're gonna let other people know how great your game is um and through or that the, it exists at all and that it exists at all exactly nobody knows who you are nobody gives a shit um so you have to think about how you're going to promote it and the good news is that there are lots and lots of ways um of being able to promote your game so you mentioned places like itch um but even things as simple as twitter and reddit um Mm -hmm. social media are really great platforms where you can also meet other people um that are working on games but you can promote yourself uh so there are some really nice grassroots things that you can do early on um but i think uh one thing that uh a lot of developers should be doing is asking a lot of questions um almost of themselves really like when they're making this game because you you need to you need to you need to figure out how to answer the question what is this game <laughs> like what is it how would you have the elevator pitch kind of thing exactly yeah. that would help you with pitching anybody a potential customer a publisher whoever it may be an investor um you need to be able to describe your game in a way that makes sense uh, articulates um its key features um and what its selling points are what is your mm-hmm. usp your unique selling point um a, what's it inspired by you know uh how who's working on it why uh why did you make certain creative decisions why have you chosen a certain music or a certain tone or tempo or why have you chosen a specific art style it, it may all seem like irrelevant when you're just asking yourself all of these questions but believe me when you come to start trying to get people to play your game these are all the questions that they're going to be asking um so having those answers ready early uh is is a good thing you also need to think about things like the artwork and your even something as simple as the logo 
the logo for your studio and for your game what are they going to look like how are they going to be presented on your art um how would your game look in screenshots is that the best way to uh to show the game off or do you need to rely more on video so would animated gifs be better for capturing small moments of gameplay we talked about it once before but my friend pedro uh I don't think we ever had any screenshots for that game. It was all animations <laughs> because mm-hmm. that was the way that was the way and you said it the um Victor who the developer was the 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 use of animated gifs from that game was so successful in the promotion of that game that he built it into the game as a feature <laughs> so mm-hmm. you could then export your own animated gifs um on social media. So uh yeah thinking about all of those things is really really important um and things like trailers as well um you don't necessarily need to think about like oh what's my launch trailer going to be like when you're starting to make the game but it's important to know what the the most important things are to show of your game in something like a trailer did kurt talk about did we get kurt to say anything about like what makes a trailer good did th- we ever pin him down on i something think we like did that? but it's probably worth getting him back on to just maybe do something yeah. like this where we just talk specifically a little about less about him and more about making trailers. a trailer yeah, yeah. um because i think that would be really helpful master class yeah kurt Gardner. yeah definitely um and we talked about creating sort of like a production roadmap uh where you have your various milestones for the for the game itself but you should think about integrating your mark a marketing timeline into that as well so when when would be a suitable time to announce your game uh and mm-hmm. where uh when would be a suitable time to show the game at an event for example or release a mm-hmm. demo on steam or itch or whatever it may be um and when's a good time to launch and what are the things that you need for each of those beats so if you're announcing your game, you're going to want the screenshots, the art, the logo, uh, possibly a trailer. Uh, so you need to be able, you need to be thinking about how you're going to create those assets and when you're going to do that while you're also working on the game. So is that going to be something that you're doing or is that something someone else on the team is doing? Do you need to bring somebody else in to help you create all of those things? Those are all questions that you have to ask. Um and then you need to think about uh well when's the first time people are going to play this game and what are they going to play so you need to think about what when you're going to deliver a playable build and what's going to be in it uh and then if you're promoting the game um you know perhaps doing some pr outreach to media and influencers and things like that then you need to think about when the game is going to be in a state where uh, they can play the entire thing and you're happy for them to play through it and uh, and review the game or stream it or whatever you want to do. But that brings me on to, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm probably going on a bit long um, on this section, but I really do think it's important. <laughs> um, I think there are a few uh, simple... Uh, kind of steps that you can follow to help you uh get all of the things together that you need in order to help promote your game so i mentioned it before but the first thing is asking yourself lots of questions in order to get the right perception how do you want your game to be perceived um so getting that getting that messaging right around that is a very is a key first step second one is assets as i mentioned so it could be screenshots gifs trailers key art logo then you need to think about adaptation as well uh we're in a global industry uh and there are lots of different places where your game could be seen uh so it's probably worth thinking about uh whether or not you need to localize or translate any text or materials at some point and lastly i think every aspect of your promotion for the game should have a call to action and what i mean by that 
is always encourage people to act um, on whatever it is that you're uh, whatever the beat is that you're talking about with your game so if it's uh, you're announcing your game then uh, maybe you've got a steam page up and you want people to go and wishlist the game so that's your call to action Uh, if you've got a demo out you know maybe as part of a steam festival or something like that then that's your call to action maybe you combine that with something else like a release date so then people can maybe pre-order the game all these different things maybe it's uh if if you pre-order the game you get something you get some dlc some free dlc or something like that um there should always be a reason give people a reason to go and discover more about your game and in terms of reaching out specifically uh to media and things like that and influencers the first step is figuring out where the audience for your game is so where are they where do they congregate Uh, are there specific websites uh, that the people who like similar games tend to frequent Uh, there's certain youtubers that specialize in the type of game that you're making Um, you want to find out where people will go where where you can go to find the people who might be interested in your game for example there's a website called adventuregamers.com and it's just adventure games all they do is they talk about adventure games all day long um and if you're making an adventure game chances are uh you're going to want to put it under their nose so that they share it with their community uh, and you can get some people who are enthusiastic about adventure games uh, to hopefully get involved and get enthusiastic about your game and then they'll share it with their friends and their communities and then you never know what might happen but this brings me on to the second step is that you need to do your research Uh, so you need to read video game websites uh watch streamers watch youtube channels and and find out what people are talking about who talks about what types of games twitter is a good resource for this as well uh following people in the industry uh, to see what kind of games they like and things like that and when you're pitching your game to media it's think about it in the same way as when you're pitching to a publisher you're trying to get their interest uh in order for them to help you promote your game so it's best to keep things really simple hopefully if you've already done the steps that i mentioned in the previous uh section about how you want your game to be perceived and having all the right assets and things like that and the call to action then pitching should be relatively simple it should be uh, you know a, a simple email uh, or a twitter tweet <laughs> or a dm whatever it may be uh that you know kind of piques someone's interest and uh, gives them a reason to go and check out what it is you're working on and lastly and i promise this is the last thing uh is that you need to be committed you need to be really committed to the promotion of the game uh because that's the only way um that you're going to not the only way that you're going to succeed um but if you start early and you remain committed throughout the course of your uh, production and through launch, um, then you give yourself the best chance of being noticed. And that's what it's really all about at the end of the day, giving your, giving your game the best chance possible um, to, to be a success. And that's what we all want. And really that's like a a sort of a succinct, uh, not so succinct. I've been talking for about 20 minutes, but um that's a, a a sort of a bit of a breakdown of what we do, part of what we do as a publisher um, to help promote games. Was that was that too long? What? Oh, what? <laughs> oh my gosh! What? Ah! <laughs> uh, oh! Oh man! I'm so aware of this game now. You're back in the room. You're back in the room. I'm back in the room. No, that was great, Robbie. I just didn't have anything to add, and you seemed to be on a roll, so I just wasn't interrupting. But I was preparing my snore joke for the end there. (laughs) Um, Well, your timing was perfection, as always. It's almost like I was actually listening. Yeah.
so then what happens? You you produce the game, you promote the game. Oh, you release the fucking game. You launch then the that game goes out in the world. Launch that piece of shit into the fucking world. <laughs> Uh, I, I should have put these two together because there's release and response. You know, there's the yep. release, and then there's how people respond to it. Does it sell? Does it not sell? Do people like it? Do people hate you for putting it in the world? Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. Who fucking knows? This is the moment of truth, and everyone is different. But optimistically, people like your game enough, and uh, it's priced well enough that people will buy it. And they like it enough to tell their friends to play it and people to stream, play it publicly. And people go, oh, that looks more fun to play than even to watch. And get off their voyeuristic asses and buy your fucking game. Yeah, and then they, they all tweet about how you can pet the dog. Oh, yeah, I gotta fucking put that in there. Put the pet the dog in there. That's he, a pure... That's promotion. Fuck everything Robbie said about promotion in the last chapter. That's true. I make sure you can pet a dog and make those fuckers aware of it. I can't believe we've left it until this <laughs> this late in the game. Uh, How did we not? To say, uh, put a dog in your game and make sure the player character can pet it. Uh, Bam. You are guaranteed success. Fucking... Gold. doesn't have to be an actual dog, something dog-like. Yeah. Like if you're in a bug world, just have a cute little grub bug or something like that. You get it. Something cute that you can uh, pat on yeah. the head and uh, and it feels good. Yeah. But this is it. The game is out. You're done. You've crossed the finish line, which is what makes the next step the saddest part for me uh, when I see de- de- devs have to get to the next step. Is yeah. support. Yeah. Because launch day bugs, because suddenly now, if your game is successful, suddenly now hundreds or thousands or maybe even millions of people are playing the game. Uh, and so the game is experiencing variables and contingencies that you never planned for, uh, that you never thought possible. Why would anyone jump over the door's archway and spin three times in a circle and then throw their fishing rod? That doesn't make any sense, but it does make the game explode. So now you have to fix it. Yeah. Um, because for some reason, thousands of people are doing that. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 just a bonus. Yeah, it's some weeks. It's something to be aware month. of, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the work doesn't necessarily stop um, when you put your game out in the world. Yeah, that's not when you get to take the break. No, unfortunately, Sadly. unfortunately, it's, yeah. Um, but remember that you know. At the end of the day, you've made a game and you have released it. And that's an incredible achievement. Um, no Even if it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, no matter what happens. <laughs> um, I, I, often, I often tell people to just be prepared to fail. And I don't mean that to, I don't mean that to sound really negative, but more just to keep, keep a little perspective um, yeah. on things and just, and just know that, you know, kind of launching and releasing a game is an amazing, is an amazing yeah. feat and an amazing achievement. And you should be so proud of yourself if you if you manage to do it. Um, yeah. But uh, if it was easy, uh, and and more importantly, if it was easy to be successful, everybody would be riding around in speedboats, and they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that. Um, you can't enjoy a wonderful career making games and uh, experience a lot of fantastic things and meet a lot of amazing people um, just by being part of this industry. It's uh, it's worth it, you know. It's worth putting all the time in um, because I think you get a lot out of it. And yeah, launching one game is not the be all and end all you no game developer i don't think uh you know works their whole life just to release one game uh yeah so yeah just keep keep on trucking keep my, keep working on more and more stuff my internet went out halfway through that ramble and came back and you're still going yeah okay i'm gonna stop talking now (laughs) (laughs) i I wasn't trying to be mean i just thought it was funny why don't you talk about additional content jm additional content so you finished making your game you've supported it you took a couple of weeks or months even off to relax and soak in the the sun that you haven't seen in two to three years and and get some vitamins for god's sake and 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 roll around in your big piles of successful indie dev money 
And then you say to yourself, what now? I've climbed the Mount Everest of the world and didn't leave my frozen shitty corpse on the side. Well, what, 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 what now for me? And the truth is, uh, it's time to make another game. Get yeah. back to get back to work because we gotta we gotta we gotta get our prop, prop we gotta get our percentage. Yeah, I was we gonna gotta say, get our money. Sometimes it's not you asking yourself that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be your publisher running your into fans. your running into your bedroom <laughs> in the middle of the night and saying what next <laughs> what now? Uh, but you know or your fans, you got fans. Yeah, more importantly hopefully yeah, you like the, the process enough you know that you know after a little break you're like all right what can i do what kind of how can i expand the game that i made or how can i take all these ideas that i that i had and jump right into the next thing uh you know and that's the next stage is moving on so if you need help with that just rewind this to like 15 minutes in start it over and we'll guide you through the process again guaranteed success yeah not a guarantee Road three. There you go. There you go. That's the end of the trilogy. That's the end of the trilogy. The Fury Road games are a septic simulator. You have to build a septic system <laughs> to you, funnel all that shit out. Did you ever play the Mad Max game on uh, PlayStation or PC? Oh, you know, I looked at it, but it it, uh, it looked like it was more uh, like I, I think I even watched gameplay of it. It looked like it was more like third-person platformer than it was driving around so it's a it's a shame that game it is a shame because it's i really loved i think maybe the first i'll go as far to say the first maybe like eight hours of that game so it's a a big it's a big open world game which is cool um, yeah. and you kind of uh, you discover and you unlock more of the of the wasteland as you go through mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, it's long as a result <laughs> you know it's kind of yeah. uh, it's one of those one of those big games but the first eight hours or so I remember just having so much fun with it and yeah. you know it didn't it wasn't anything too groundbreaking as such but it was like you had a cool you were Mad Max you had a cool mm-hmm. fucking car and you were in the wasteland and you were doing Mad Max stuff. Mm. You know, you were finding outposts and gathering resources and uh, slowly meeting a, a steady cast of characters who were bad shits in the badlands mm. of Australia. Um, just fucking shit up for everyone <laughs> and people wanting to fuck your shit up. Uh, and all you want to do is just fucking... turn your back on the rest of the world and get away from it all but you can't so um (laughs) you're out there and it and it was and it was really great i really enjoyed it and then and then it just became that initial you know few hours again and again and again and again and again oh yeah and it just became the grind of just doing the same shit and seeing the same enemies and it was a real shame because yeah. you know you could like upgrade your car and you could find new like strongholds and things like this and it was yeah it had so many cool moments and so many cool features but it just became this like go over here drive here dr- go over there drive there <laughs> you know oh there's a side quest oh this there's these guys are chasing you again and it was just the same thing over and over again and i was so bored yeah. so Oof. i kind of gave up on it in the end but man yeah, what could have been? What could have been? It looked great. And I thought yeah. it played really great, but yeah. It, it just didn't escalate. Yeah. Is just, that what you're saying? Yeah, it was like... It, it was cool. Maybe it should have just ended? It was just too long. It was just too long. Yeah. Too it big and too long. Game. Yeah, yeah. I get that complaint all the time. <laughs> Zing! Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well. Well. Thanks, JM. Thanks, Robbie. We we did a we did a hopefully informational episode. I think that was a pretty good one. We we should yeah. turn this into a talk for uh, GDC. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd love it. Well, we'll go they, on the road. They'd we'll love go on it. the road with this. We will, yeah. The touring developer how-to podcast with the forecast. Twosome. Duo. That's yeah. a good title. Oh, yeah. No, I like it. It's good. Uh, we got a title. We got a team. Yep. We're halfway there. We've got a title. We've got a team. Fury Road 2. It's going to happen. Now all we need is your feedback. So join us on Twitter. Follow oh. Devolver Digital on Twitter. Join us on the Discord. Uh, just Google Devolver Digital in Discord and you'll find that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital. You can find us on Instagram. Of course, you can always visit us at www.devolverdigital.com. And um, find our games on Steam, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, Gog, every, everywhere you can get games. Uh, buy our shitty games. Buy them now. Oh, beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah.